A new study was just released last week that said three in 10 Americans are seriously considering quitting their job. Now, maybe this is a result of the overwork and overwhelm that has been so persistent in the work from home culture. Maybe it's because we're all doing soul searching and figuring out who we want to be when this pandemic is over. But for whatever the reason, more people than ever are longing to trade in that nine to five corporate hamster wheel for a career that's personally meaningful and fulfilling to them. And I get it. I've been there. I didn't need a pandemic to hit my existential crisis in 2015, but it was five years ago today that I left my cushy six-figure executive job and dedicated myself to this career. And the number one question that I hear most often from people is, Dan, How did you have the self-confidence to give it all up and follow your dream? And I think that question is usually just a projection of why so many people stay stuck in a career or life that is too small for their soul. You know, we think that we have to have confidence before we make the leap. And here is my answer of what I experienced. I wasn't confident at all when I made the decision. And that's what this episode is about. I'm going to talk to you today about why self-confidence is overrated and why you don't need to feel confident to be ready to live your purpose starting today. I'm also going to give you the two places you should shift your focus in order to elevate your life. And confidence is not one of them, my friends. Welcome to episode 120. No confidence? No problem. We're going to help you live your purpose anyway this week on Life Amplified. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. I have this gold keychain that I've carried with me for the last three years that was actually given to me by a former mentor of mine. It's a gold medal keychain, and engraved on it are the words, Fuck it. (laughs) I truly believe that I'm just one of the people that was born with what I call the Fuck it gene. Uh, And this is not based out of any sense of confidence, right? But it was October 26, 2015, when I walked away from an 18-year career, the only career that I had ever known, and I made an affirmative decision that I was going to start my coaching practice and serve the world. But there were a couple challenges in front of me at that point. I didn't have any clients yet. And everybody in my life wanted to remind me that when I told them what my plans were. And my answer was, eh, fuck it. (laughs) I didn't have a mailing list. I didn't have a website. I didn't have this podcast yet. I had no systems in place to attract clients that I would serve. And everybody in my life reminded me of that. And my answer was, eh, fuck it. And now that I think about it, I didn't even have a computer I was going to start an online business, but my 2008 MacBook had crashed about a year before, and I had just never replaced it because I had been using the work laptop that had been assigned to me by my employer. But I had to turn that in the day I walked out. And despite having all the tools that one would need 
to start an online coaching practice, I did have two things that I believed were truly valuable. I had a lot of wisdom that I had accumulated over the course of my lifetime about bouncing back from adversity, discovering my purpose. I had hundreds of self-help books and seminars and, and so much info that I had invested in over the years. But more importantly than that, I had a burning desire to help people who were stuck the same way that I had felt. For months, I had been thinking about becoming a coach, even though I didn't want to call myself that, because at that point, like, the words life coach felt really triggering to me. I think it even brought up some of my own self-worth issues that maybe I had been too screwed up in the past or too messy to be able to help people with where they were at in their lives. But everything changed for me when I was sitting in an HR meeting one day at my employer, and they were presenting the results of the Gallup Employee Engagement Survey that they do every couple of years. And they survey companies all over America and just ask the employees, how much do you love your job? And they were showing the national results versus our company's results. And when I saw that two and three Americans were disengaged and hated their job, that's when the aha moment clicked for me. I said, oh my God, if I can figure this out, if I can figure out how to create a career in life from a place of authenticity and purpose and passion, then I think I can help all these other people who are struggling as well. But that's all I had was literally my own wisdom, my own personal growth work, and a desire to serve. And if I had to pick a word to encapsulate what I really possessed at that point, it was really just conviction. I had a strong conviction that I wanted to get out of my own BS and become a person of service and a man of contribution. But at the same time, I had no confidence. This was an endeavor that I had never gone on before. You know, it was really uncharted territory. So when people ask me all the time, well, Dan, how are you going to do this? You know, my dad would tell me, just go take another radio job, build your business on the side. He's like, how are you even going to find clients? And my answer was always, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And even that statement never came from an overwhelming sense of having confidence. Why am I sharing this with you? Because the number one thing that keeps people stuck in any area of their lives, and I experience all sorts of stories when people reach out to me and hire me as a coach, there are people who are stuck in their career. They're going through the motions in a job that they should want, but it's not really aligned with who they are. I meet so many people who are stuck in their relationships. You know, they've given themselves so much to their job that they don't really have those deep, meaningful connections in their life, or they're settling for a relationship that they outgrew years before where they're just living like roommates and they're not passionate and on fire, but they're not making the, the, the change and walking away from what no longer serves them. Some people come to me because they've never really done any personal growth work and they have no idea who they are, even though that there's this deep sense that there's something more out there for them. But the number one thing that stops everybody dead in their tracks is they, they don't feel confident that they can create the change. And they are waiting one day until Amazon Prime drops off a confidence box at the front door and they take it, they just drink a vial of the magic potion and feel ready to go out conquering 
conquer the world and chase their dreams. But that is not the way the world works. And I would tell you, confidence is completely overrated when you're at the beginning of a major transition in your life. Confidence is just the byproduct of building competence in any new skill. If you want to pivot into a new career, start a business, write your own book, perhaps start a coaching practice, you are going to have to acquire new skills. You are going to have to skill up. You know, for me, skilling up as a coach, it wasn't actually the thing I needed to do. I always knew that there was part of me that was just like the Oprah of my friends growing up, and I knew that I could lead people beyond their internal blocks. I knew I could help people set goals and reach them. I had to learn how to become an online marketer. Part of just doing this podcast was me skilling up and expanding my knowledge in a new area of my life. And wherever you're looking to skill up and to build competence, it also means before you become great at something, you're going to have to just become good at something. And before you become good at a new endeavor, you're going to have to be willing to be bad at it. It's a big challenge for people who grew up in a home where you had to have that honor roll mentality or you were told that making mistakes is wrong and that you were going to be punished if you didn't get it perfectly right. If not grounded, then there would be a withholding of approval or love from you. And that really bumps up against people's early trauma patterns. But because they're unwilling to be bad at something before they start, they never actually begin and they stay in inertia. Nothing changes. A quick story uh, about one of my early endeavors in my coaching practice and my willingness just to be totally awful at something. Uh, It was the very first webinar I had ever scheduled. You know, I told you, I didn't know how to attract clients, but I started reading a lot of articles on Google and searching websites like entrepreneur.com. And everybody was like, well, you know, it's a great market for you just to start doing online webinars. So I was like, great. I come from a broadcasting background. I can present all sorts of data. I feel like I bring a lot of energy to the table and and can do this in an engaging way. It was like awesome. So I started building out my slides and I presented my first ever webinar that I advertised on Facebook, even though I had no idea how to build like high converting Facebook ads at that point. But I created this presentation called Download Your Dreams. And man, that sounded sexy. I was so proud of myself for coming up with that title. And, you know, back in the days when I was first starting out, I didn't even really have any message yet. I hadn't zeroed in on who I'm here to serve. You know, you hear me talk a lot now about escaping soul-sucking jobs, and and I zeroed in on that through trial and error. But back then, I just had this vague sort of message about chasing your goals and dreams, but uh, I'll be damned. I put it into these beautiful webinar slides and I advertised it and I went to some other friends and colleagues that I had networked with in the coaching community and asked them if they would help me promote the webinar. And I think I got something like 50 signups, which I was super proud of, except nobody had warned me back then that there's a big drop-off in online marketing between how many people sign up for a webinar and how many people actually attend. So, you know, I'm sitting there in the waiting room in the webinar software ready to start, and I'm like, where are all the people at? And I think I only had about 12 people who showed up, and almost all of them, with a couple of exceptions, were just friends of mine. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it was kind of cool that they were being supportive, but at the same time, I was like, oh my God, what if, what if this is all a disaster? What if I embarrass myself in front of people? And sure enough, I start the webinar and I start going through and presenting my slides, except there was a glitch in the webinar software. So the slides weren't changing on the viewer's end. I kept talking and they were still looking at the intro slide, like the cover page that I had created. So finally, somebody in the chat box was like, hey, do do you have anything else visually but just besides this screen that says download your dreams? I'm like, oh. So that took like five, ten minutes for me to get that straightened out, right? And then I started the presentation over again because I was so proud of the PowerPoint that I had put together. And I get all the way through it. And, and, you know, one of the things with me and being in a theater background and coming from radio is I'm pretty quick on my feet. Even though, you know, we had some tech glitches at the beginning, I was able to sort of play that off and people were sticking with me up until the moment where I had to make the offer and the invitation for people to work with me. Because at that point, I was asking people to invest money. And I think there was part of me going into this that sort of like in my conscious mind thought, oh, yeah, of course, I value what it is that I offer. And then I had to actually make the offer. And to give you perspective on how little I was valuing myself, I think I was offering like an eight-week coaching program, and the whole thing in its entirety was maybe $397, right? <laughs> like I, I, was, I was working for under-the-market rate from like your friendly neighborhood crackhead prostitute in the back alley. Like she was making more money per hour than I was to deliver this transformation, but I couldn't even get through the offer. Like I just froze. And I remember all of a sudden I started stumbling and stammering and the words weren't coming together. And I'm sure for the people who were there viewing, they could feel the lack of confidence on my end. And, you know, of course, I make the offer and I put a link for people to go and fill out this application to work with me. And then I just sat there as I finished up the presentation and I just stared at my inbox like I was waiting. It was like there's 12 or 13 people on this webinar, so at least half of them are going to apply. And I just stared at the inbox for five minutes, for 15 minutes, for 45 minutes, and nobody applied. Nobody was interested. And one of my friends who attended the webinar, I talked to her afterwards. Uh, Shout out to Jenna Hillier, one of my favorite people in the world. And she was starting her coaching practice at the same time. And she was just always this really sweet, supportive voice who who encouraged me during those early years. I mean, she still encourages me today. But you can tell when somebody's trying to tell you that you sucked without telling you that you sucked. You know, so I got on the phone with her. She's like, hey, how did it feel to get through your first presentation? I was like, well, give me some feedback. You know, well, she's like, I thought you had great energy. And um, how did you feel when it came time to make the offer? I was like, oh, my God. Like, everybody saw through me. And, of course, nobody purchased. And that night, I went back and I watched the replay. And as soon as it got to the offer, like I'm watching all the screw-ups with the slides and the tech, and I got through that okay until I watched myself just fall apart when it came time to make the offer. And I was so embarrassed. And on top of that, I felt 
so defeated. It was a very demoralizing thing. And then, of course, my my girlfriend at the time came home from work that night. She wanted to know how the webinar go, how many people signed up. And, you know, here I am all in telling people that I'm going after this dream. But I also had to tell them that it didn't work and I wasn't getting the results. So it, it was very demoralizing in the moment. And of course, I'm sharing a story with you about building an online business, and that may or may not be your goal, but I think this idea applies to you. Anytime you tried a new activity for the first time, it probably didn't go the way you expected. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend, and somehow we got on the topic of losing our virginity for the first time. And don't worry, that you know, this is not anything that's going to become graphic, right? But if you think about that, oh, Lord, you had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> you know, in my case, it didn't last very long. If I'm being honest, I remember going away to college for the first year when I was going to Ohio University and being away from home in this big college town and trying to navigate a campus and find the classroom buildings. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to figure this out. Many people have that same experience the first time they get behind the wheel of a car. But yet, as you grew in your competency, that's how you grew in your confidence. Doing an online training doesn't phase me anymore. I'm so excited. Coming up in November, we're going to be announcing this. I'm doing like three days of an online seminar where you can join me and get to a massive breakthrough. And there's going to be so much value in this. And I'm really excited. And it's going to be a lot better than download your dreams, <laughs> I promise you. But that's only because over five years, I built so much competence and I have the confidence to say, you know what, I can fill three whole days of content and provide massive value to people who sign up. So whatever it is you're looking to create in your life, you want to become a public speaker, an author, a business owner, you want to chase a new career, you want to put yourself out there and find love again, let's not let confidence stand in the way. There is one thing that I would tell you is paramount that you should really focus your energy on and it's not confidence. It's a different C word. It's commitment. I want to share this quote uh, from a group of researchers and authors. This is uh, Jim Dethmer, Diana Chapman, and Kaylee Klimp. They say, commitment is a statement of what is. You can know what you're committed to by your results, not by what you say your commitments are. We are all committed. We are all producing results. The result is proof of a commitment. So take a look at your life right now and take inventory of the things that you said that you were going to do this year. Maybe the things that you've been talking about doing for the last five or 10 years. Wherever you are in getting those results and making them real on earth, that's what your level of commitment is. The amount of income on your W-2 at the end of the year, that's the amount of money that you're committed to making. Whatever the number is on the scale when you step on it, that is the weight that you're committed to. Now, why is commitment so difficult? Why do we have a culture of people that start out every January setting these big intentions for their life and yet only 8% of people ever follow through and make it happen? I would tell you, these are the three blocks to commitment. Number one, if you are truly committing to a new outcome and a new way of living, you have got to commit to honesty. Dan Sullivan once said, all progress starts by telling the truth. 
What is the level of transparency and honesty that you have with yourself and with other people when it comes to truly owning your desires? Are you speaking up on behalf of the life that you want or are you suppressing and stuffing down what it is you want and accepting the status quo? You know, I worked with a client one time, uh, this was back in I guess 2018, who she was a stay-at-home mom, two beautiful kids, great marriage. She had a good life. She was teaching a couple group fitness classes a week just to get out of the house. But what she really wanted was this dream career that she was so afraid to speak out loud about. In fact, I don't think she even told me what it was as her coach until the end of our second or third session. She started this out with the way a lot of people speak about their dreams to me, which is, oh my God, okay, Dan, don't laugh at me when I tell you this. It was almost like she was apologizing for sharing herself with me. And and that happens for so many people when you were told what was possible for you as a kid or that you're too big of a dreamer, that you need to be realistic. But she wanted to build a career in television. And more specifically, she wanted to be a host for the QVC network, one of the home shopping channels, which was an oddly specific dream. I've never had somebody come to me with that before. But the challenge for her is she had no background in television. She had no audition reel that she could send agents. She didn't have an agent. And she had nowhere in which she could begin. But by speaking up to her coach and saying, this is what I want in my life, that was such a powerful first step because then she had to start creating an action plan with me and create all the behaviors that would align with the outcome that she wanted. And here's what was interesting is is she came to me, QVC was doing an open search for new on-air TV hosts. So she didn't have like a professional video, but she made some footage on her iPhone of her just talking about products that she really liked. And she sent that in with a friend with a headshot that a friend took for her. And she wasn't like doing any professional glamour shots. She was wearing some cute stuff off the clearance rack at Target. And wouldn't you know, the agents called her. And they did a video audition with her. And that went so well that within eight weeks of speaking out loud about this dream, she found herself driving to Manhattan for a callback audition in front of the executives of the QVC network. It's crazy, right? Like in eight weeks, the biggest dream that had been suppressed for years had come to fruition. And here's the thing, full disclosure, she didn't get the job as a TV host, but it didn't matter because she had built so much confidence by taking the action that she knew the outcome would happen for her eventually. And she's still doing television commercials and all sorts of stuff today, but it really unlocked a next level for her. And it all started by speaking up on behalf of her dreams. The second obstacle that keeps people from committing to their next level is actually that their identity is not aligned with the result that they want. I'll share another great quote from Robert Brault. He says, never mind searching for who you are. Search for the person you aspire to be. More simply put, the things that got you to the current level that you're at in your life are not going to be the same things that get you to the next level. You're going to have to grow. You're going to have to become more. But how many of us are locked into an identity of the person that we were five years ago? This is why when new clients come to me, a big portion of the work that we do is helping you heal a lot of these old trauma thoughts and beliefs from back in the day. 
People want to start a million-dollar business, but they don't perceive themselves as valuable because of the parent who ran out on the family or, or the parent or the caretaker who didn't love you the way that you wanted. So therefore, you believe you're not valuable, and you never show up as a person of high value in the world. If you go back to the episode I did about reinventing your life in a pandemic, you met my client Louise, 69 years old, and she had spent like 60 years in old beliefs about not being lovable or being bad or being wrong because of some old childhood trauma, and it was blocking her from creating that deep, passionate soulmate love that she wanted. And that's why within a few months of working together, she met this amazing man. And they're actually talking about taking the next steps and moving in together. So I'm super stoked for her. But you have to shift your identity to become congruent with the person that you aspire to be, which means that you've also got to get out of all that fixed mindset thinking that says, The things that happened to me in the past define who I am and I can never rise up and be better or be more expansive than where I'm at today. And as you start to heal these misperceptions about yourself based on the past, the more confident you'll actually become. You're going to make more committed decisions. You're going to make them faster. So you'll rapidly start to accelerate your results. And the third and final block that keeps people from stepping into a new level of commitment is the fear of doing the work. You have to commit to improving yourself to get to any next level. It would be like trying to get into college, but you never moved beyond like a seventh grade reading comprehension. Yeah, that's why people don't skip from seventh grade straight into college unless you were Doogie Howser back in the day from the TV show dating myself a little bit there, but you kids of the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. But why don't we commit to putting in the hours to get better? A lot of times it can be that we're misdirecting our energy, that we're putting ourselves last and taking care of everyone else before us. It's that people-pleasing and, you know, putting everyone else before yourself that keeps people stuck. By the way, that's also a trauma pattern that I help people move beyond. That is a pattern that's established very early in childhood. Other times there are people who are afraid of doing the work because they're afraid that they won't be good enough. What is that? It also relates to the misperceived identity that we talk about. You know, people get into the fixed mindset of, well, I tried something new one time 15 years ago. It didn't work out the way I want. Therefore, my past will equal my biography and my destiny, which is not the case unless you're living in that story and never do anything to change it. And occasionally, another thing that stands in the way for people is they get fearful because they're afraid they're going to do all the work and they'll get the thing that they want. But then they're afraid they're not going to be any happier when they get there. For clients like that, they have a history of thinking that something outside of themselves is going to be the magic bullet that's going to solve everything. So they chase and chase and they work toward a goal and they get there and they're not any happier. But here is what I would ask you to consider. Those things you were chasing in the past, who were you chasing them for? Were they truly aligned with your purpose? Was it something you had a burning desire internally for? Or were you chasing it because you thought you should? Were you chasing it to present the right image to your family or to the world? Were you chasing it because you saw somebody else get that thing and you're jealous and you're trying to keep up with them? We want to make sure that the goals that you're chasing are aligned with your purpose and not driven 
by a compulsion of comparison, if that makes any sense. So those are the three blocks that get in the way to committing to a new way of being, yet commitment is the number one determining factor that will help you create confidence over the long run. And I wanted to share one final thought with you today. If you're a person who has used lack of confidence is a reason to settle for the status quo in your life. A lot of times when we're stuck in, in the whole negative thought system and the inner critic is saying, who are you to want to help? Who are you to want to achieve greatness? When the self-doubt creeps in and you start to say, hey, I'm not good enough. I can't make this happen. For you to live in those stories, it really requires you to have almost an obsessive focus on yourself. If you want to shift away from the worry and anxiety and the self-doubt, the most powerful way to do it is to stop asking, am I good enough? And ask this question, how can I be of service? When you begin to focus your energy on being a helper, on being a problem solver, on being a person who is adding value in the world, you're focused on contribution. You're focused on something that's bigger than you. And it's almost impossible for you to be spiraling down the toilet of self-doubt and insecurity when your focus is on helping other people. So ask yourself, what are the problems that I see in the world that I want to be part of the solution for? What are the things in my life that I've overcome or I am in the process of overcoming that I can help other people work their way through as well? Because once you can find the answer to that question, you're going to go from a place of lack, of scarcity, of, you know, there's not enough opportunity for me, there's not enough money, all the the lack-based thoughts, you're going to realize in that point there are millions of people who you can help. Once you lock in on what that thing is that you know or the, the thing that makes you compassionately angry and want to show up to get involved with, there's going to be so many people that you can help. And what I can tell you, particularly if you're a person who is on the ledge and thinking about making a big shift in your career, as long as there are people to serve, there will always be an opportunity to earn money for that. So that is my message for you, my friends. Confidence is the most overrated trait when it comes to reinventing your life, right? Confidence is the byproduct of competence. And in order to build competence, all you need to focus on is showing up with commitment and courage. And one final takeaway for you today, stop obsessing over yourself and what your ability is, and whether you're good enough, and start focusing on helping solve problems for other people. And I promise, you will be so lit up. There will be such a massive amount of growth for you, and you will become addicted to the contribution. And all of your needs, financial and otherwise, will be met when you're devoting your energy to being a person who is of service. 
If you don't believe it's possible, if you don't think, believe that change is really something that you can create, go back and listen to some of the episodes that we started recording with uh, many of my clients who have figured this out, who are lit up, who are loving life and experiencing unprecedented levels of passion and happiness and fulfillment and know that the same opportunity is available to you. If you'd like some extra help to connect to your purpose and create an action plan to bring it to life in 2021, go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Fill out that coaching application. You and I can get to work. We could start here in the next week creating your blueprint and your next level of success and happiness and from the inside out, which is the name of the game. If this podcast serves you, would you please do me a favor and share this with a friend. You can screenshot it, maybe take a picture of yourself listening to the podcast, upload it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason so I can personally reach out to thank you for supporting the podcast. Make sure you give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app or whichever service you're listening on. And for all of my friends listening on Apple, uh, if you could take a second and leave those five-star ratings and reviews, it would mean the world in terms of helping us get this message out to more people. It's an honor to serve you. Thank you so much for being here for almost the last three years. We're coming up on an anniversary of this podcast next month as well. And we're doing it because you keep showing up and you're sharing this with your friends. So I love you. Thank you for being here. And until next week, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.